Moses has been up on the mountain for a long time, right? He's been up there getting instructions from the Lord about how God wants to dwell with the people. He wants his presence to be among the people. He wants her to be a high priest, Aaron, to bring the people to God. Everything is beautiful, right? But what's happening down at the bottom of the mountain? Well, things aren't looking very good. Exodus 32, you read that the people are down at the bottom. It's been a long time. They come up to Aaron. They say, hey, Aaron, we don't know what happened to your brother. You need to make some gods for us who can go out before us because we don't know what's going on here. Aaron, of course, would stand against that, right? He would say, no way, don't do that. That would God told us. We just met with him. God told us never to do this. God brought us out of Egypt. But Moses doesn't resist the people, or Aaron doesn't resist the people at all. <clears throat> Instead, Aaron says, bring me your rings. He, he takes them and he fashions a golden calf for the people. And they say, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. I mean, it's only been a couple of months. And the, these people who've experienced the saving acts of God are committing idolatry. And Aaron, the high priest, the future high priest, is leading them into idolatry. If he's going to be the guy, this is a problem. Right? If he's the guy who's supposed to bring sinners to God, I mean, look at him. Not standing for the Lord. Not turning the people away from their foolish ways, but instead leading them. They're offering sacrifices. They're having feasts. They're rising up and playing and so forth. And I wonder what God thinks about this. I wonder how God will respond to rebels. He tells Moses in Exodus 32, verse 7, You get down there, Moses. I've seen what your people are doing. The people you brought up out of the land of Egypt, I've seen what they're doing. They build a calf. They're worshiping the calf. And then God tells Moses, Moses, actually, you, you get away from these people. I'm going to destroy them. I know what's in their heart, God says. I've seen them. They're a, they're a stiff-necked people. My anger is burning hot against them. I'm going to consume them. I'll build a new nation out of you, Moses. And you know what Moses does? I mean, these people deserve the wrath of God. Even Aaron deserves the wrath of God. And one man, Moses, goes in between God and the people. And he prays. He implores God. Exodus 33, verse, or 32, verse 11. And Moses prays, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt? Verse 12, 32, 12. Why should the Egyptians say, with evil intent, you brought them up? What will the nation say if you do this, God? And then he pleads with God in verse 12. Oh God, turn from your burning anger and relent. In verse 13, and remember Abraham. Remember your promises. In verse 14, and the Lord relented. Moses has stood in the gap and has turned away the wrath of God from the people of God, at least for a while. 
Moses comes down though and he's angry with the people, righteously angry with them and with his brothers. He breaks the tablets of stone that God had put his law on because the people have broken the covenant. He calls out Aaron for his failure to stop the people from running into their sin. And then he asks, who out here is with Yahweh? Who is on the Lord's side? Is anybody in Israel for the Lord? And the tribe of Levi, the Levites, stand up. Moses' tribe, Aaron's tribe, and they have zeal for the Lord. And they carry out some of God's judgment on the people. And God is now going to set aside the Levites as some of the people who will help the people not run so fast into sin and will help the people be able to meet with God. But as you read on, you find out that God tells the people, look, you guys keep going. You go to the land. I'll help you out, but I'm not going to go with you. My presence is not going to go with you. If, you, if it does, I'm going to consume you. You go without my presence with you. And do you know how the people respond to this when they hear this? In Exodus 33, they hear it for what it is. It's a disastrous word. To think that you are going to go on without the presence of God with you. And they mourn over this word. They put aside their ornaments and jewelry and things, and they mourn when they hear God say, I'm not going to go with you. And Moses comes to the Lord and he actually tells God, Oh God, if, if you won't go with us, don't send us. All that we are is dependent on you being with us. It's your presence with us that makes us what we are. Don't send us if you won't go. And eventually God says, all right, I'll go. But in this text, one of my favorite texts in the whole Bible, we begin to see something about Moses and, and we get to see God. In Exodus 33, Moses comes to the Lord and he makes two requests in chapter 33 about getting to know God. See, I think Moses is realizing by this point how sinful, how stubborn the people are, how the task that he's been called to is beyond him. And so he comes to the Lord in Exodus 33, verse 13. And look at what he asks. He says, Now therefore, 33, 13, if I have found favor in your sight, O oh, oh Lord, please show me now your ways so that I may know you. And then 33, 18, Moses said, please show me your glory. You see it, Moses knows that the task is too great and he doesn't understand and know God like he needs to. He wants to know God. He wants to see his glory. And so he just asks, oh God, Show me your ways. I, I don't understand what you're doing. I don't know you like I need to. Show me who you are. Please show me your glory. And do you know what God says? Amazingly, he says, yes, I'll do it. I will show you, Moses, 
I'm going to tell you who I am so you can know me. And this is one of the greatest moments in the history of the world because God is going to tell us who he is. Exodus 33 verse 19, God says to Moses, I'll make all my goodness pass before you, Moses, and I will proclaim before you my name, the Lord, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. He says to Moses, this is who I am. I'm a God who shows mercy to whomever I want. I, I show compassion to whomever I want. I am Yahweh. I am not bound by other people's will. I, I show mercy on whomever I want. And I'm going to tell you more, Moses. I'm going to let you in on it. I'm going to let you see at least some of my glory. I can't show you everything because it would kill you. It would overwhelm you. But I'm going to let you see me. I'm going to let you... I'm going to let you see some of my glory. I'm going to tell you who I am. I'm going to put you in the, in the rock and I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to proclaim to you my name. Exodus 34, verse 5. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with Moses there. And the Lord proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before Moses, 34, 6, and proclaimed, Yahweh, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands. You want to know who God is? This is God telling you who he is. He says, Moses, I'm a God merciful and gracious. Oh, I'm slow to anger. I keep steadfast love for thousands. And I forgive, verse 7, iniquity and transgression and sin. And isn't that what all people need? A God who forgives? But then look at what he says in verse 7. But who will by no means clear the guilty? Moses gets to hear from God about who he is. He gets to see God in a way he's never seen him before. And how does he respond? Verse 8, And Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped when he sees and hears God. But what do you think about what God said? Did you catch it? The God of the Bible is telling you who he is. And he says, I'm a God who's faithful. I'm a God who's patient. I'm a God who loves to forgive, who forgives sins, who loves. But I am a God who does not let the guilty go. Well, what do you do with that? How can God say, I'm a God who loves to forgive iniquity and transgression and sin. <clears throat> but I'm a God who never lets the guilty go. Isn't that intention? What do you think? I wonder how you resolve that. How can God forgive 
but not let the guilty go. I wonder if the Bible has an answer for that. Mm -hmm.